uh, based on the Bible and Bhagavad Gita. And this is week 46, the promise of the scriptures. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 15, we read the famous parable of the prodigal son. Jesus tells of the man who took the wealth bestowed on him by his father and squandered it in foreign lands where he fell into evil ways. At last, repentant, he returned to his father's home. When his father saw him, he was, Jesus tells us, moved with compassion and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I can no longer, I am no longer worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Fetch quickly the best robe and put it on him, and give him a ring for his finger, and sandals for his feet, and bring out the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and make merry. Because this was my son, because this my son was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and is found, and they began to make merry. Small-hearted human beings, identified as they are with their little egos, give exaggerated importance to any slight they receive from others. Thus they imagine God, like them, to be petty, unpardoning, and vindictive. In God's eyes, however, when human beings go astray, there is nothing to forgive. All of us are aspects only of his own self. He who made us resides in us. He is not far away from us in some far-off heaven. His call to us always is to return to our own home within. The way of return is described in the Bhagavad Gita in the sixth chapter. Supreme blessedness is that yogi's who has completely calmed his mind, controlled his egoactive tendencies, rajas, and purged himself of desire, thereby attaining oneness with Brahma, the infinite spirit. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. I'd like to read from Whispers from Eternity. 
I demand to return home. Impediments, beware. Flee my path. I am homeward bound. Through the long corridors of time, stumbling often into pits of error, then, lifted out by thy, thy unseen hand, I have walked painfully, discouraging darkness, barbed wire fences of habit, stony embankments of indolence, mountains of indifference, oceans of unfaithfulness, sirens of sense longing may stand even now in my path as if to prevent my onward march to thy palace. But a million kingdoms and sextillions of years of unblemished worldly happiness will never tempt me again to turn away from thee. I would think that the parable of the prodigal son is one of the most uh, touching in the Bible, perhaps in all scriptures, because it speaks so strongly to our hearts and to our inward knowledge that we belong in God, we've come from God, and we've got to go back. And it's a wonderful story. And Master said that all scriptures are true on every level of reality. So I'd like to talk about the scripture in a couple of different aspects. There's about four that are, could be helpful to us. The first, of course, is the one that Swami describes, is that we somehow project that if we make a mistake spiritually, if we do something wrong, that God's angry at us, that God is ticked off, that God is uh, upset, disappointed, whatever, and Swami points out that God doesn't look at this movie the way that we do. God knows about duality. He understands the thought process that is driving us. Swami points out that the higher levels of consciousness can understand the lower, but the lower can't understand the higher. The lower can't expand enough to see the whole picture, but the higher can see the whole picture and understand what's happening and why. God is the highest principle, and he can understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, even understand our mistakes. I would remind you that God invented delusion, and he understands the game, and if we fall into it, it's not like he's surprised. You know, he wrote this in. And so we blew it. And so what do we get from blowing it? Hopefully we learn and then we don't make that mistake again. So it's important for us to keep that in mind in, in this parable. And that's why the king would just welcome the, the child back, which was the response that Paramahansa Yogananda always gave to his disciples, that every good guru gives to their disciples, that Swami Kriyananda gives to us. When we blow it, we go, oops. And he goes, oops, okay, let's go. What did we learn? Now let's go. We don't hang around with it. We don't drag it around. It's one of the great messages of this scripture is when we make a mistake and we cognize it, we come back 
In the story, in the Bible, the, the kid that goes and, and uh, wastes his, his uh, fortune in riotous living uh, g- comes back and his plan is, I'm going to go back to Pop and I'm going to ask for a job uh, on the farm because uh, he's feeding the cows or the pigs. He's feeding the pigs and he's looking at the pig slop and he's thinking this could be good food uh, because I've got no food at all. His, uh, his idea in going home was, could I have a job on your farm? And then I could, you know, I mean, it's not much of a job, but it's, you know, I could at least have some food. But the, the king, the father says, no, 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 come. You're, you are the heir to this kingdom. You are, you have everything. You are, you take it all. You don't just, you know, start at the bottom. And this is the spiritual reality that underpins this, is that we are om. We are children of God. And we deserve the wealth of the spiritual heritage of our Father. We deserve bliss, prosperity, spiritual prosperity, not in the world of duality, but in the inner kingdom of reality. And so we come back as quickly as possible and we receive Master's, God's blessings, always. Because, don't forget, they understand that it's delusion the riotous living, the foreign land is foreign. It's far away. It's not our home. We don't belong there. We belong here. We belong at the point between the eyebrows. We belong with an open heart of love. So we come back and God's all for it. Uh, Swami Kriyananda recently wrote a book called The Biography of Paramahansa Yogananda. And one of his impetuses in writing that book was that he had said, Kriyananda said, that he had heard anecdotes that people were representing that Paramahansa Yogananda was grouchy and he would be mad at the disciples and he was a strict disciplinarian and he you know, was kind of you know, more Shriek Teshwar-like than Yogananda-like. And Kriyananda was, he was like, this must be straightened out. <laughs> this is not the truth. This is not the master that we love and that we respect because it's not the reality of Paramahansa Yogananda. It's not the way he treated people. And it's not the way that he was treated. Remember the story where he left Sri Teshwar's ashram and he came back and he was kind of like, okay, give it to me, master. And uh, Sri Teshwar says, you hungry? <laughs> let's, let's make some meat. Let's, let's go on. And Yogananda's like, okay, lower the boom on me, Teshwar. He said, I'm not disappointed. I don't care. Not I don't care, but I don't, I don't, I'm not uh, expecting people to do anything, so I, my wishes aren't thwarted. I just want you to be happy. I want you to be in God. Yogananda's okay. And they just go on about the business of the path. This is the attitude that we have to take from this story. And to remember that we're children of God. And if we make a mistake, that's kind of par for the course. You know, look around you. I think everyone's you know, made a mistake. That's, as Shri Teshwar said, those who are too perfect for this world are adorning some other. <laughs> so we're here for a reason and we goof up, and, but we learn from it. That's the point. And I'm sure this riotous living guy comes back and he's not interested in riotous living. He tried that, you know, been there, done that, not happening. Not, 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 in, not spiritually uplifting. So he comes home. And that is the point, is go home as quickly as possible because the Father gives us blessings beyond, as Master would say, beyond imagination of expectancy. You can't imagine 
the joy of the spiritual life until you taste it. The more you taste it, the more you want it. And then riotous living and sensory fulfillment Yogananda know, said it was like stale cheese compared to the nectar and the honey of spiritual, of spiritual fulfillment. It just, it just doesn't even interest you. That's the state of the saints. That's the state of the masters. It's not like they, oh, I have to be saintly today. Being, <laughs> being saintly is what they do because it gives them that inner joy. Every one of us is a child of the divine mother and we must go home. There's other ways that we can look at this story that might help us. In one, this first aspect, God is the king and the soul is the prodigal son. Prodigal con- son comes home. King says, welcome home. You are the heir to the kingdom. And this has been very beneficial. Another way we could look at this. What if your soul is the king and your ego is the prodigal son? And it's and you know, the egos, it has its little attachments and it wants this and it really wants a big house and always wanted to have a really nice car and was thinking of a new wardrobe and gosh, that would just be wonderful and this and that. But finding that through indulgence in those things, the ego then finds this isn't working. I just, my mortgage payment's too high. <laughs> the house isn't worth it. The car's not worth it. Has to have all these special parts and the mechanic just, you know, fixing it is just too hard. And suddenly this disillusionment comes in. What is the soul's obligation? To welcome the ego back, not to dwell on the mistakes and just say, come on home, let's meditate. Let's chant. Let's serve. Let's live for God. Let's have more satsang. Let's be grateful. This is a good month for this, Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. All, of th- all of November is Thanksgiving month. <laughs> so gratitude is very important to appreciate what we have, to appreciate uh, satsang, to appreciate the gift of having the discrimination to seek God. Many, many people are suffering in the world, but they haven't taken the next step of saying, how do I get out of it? One good thing in the story is that the, the child, the prodigal son, figured it out on his own. And he said, I'm going back. The king didn't send somebody to say, hey, come back. He, the kid on his own went, I'm just going back. Well, that shows a level of discrimination. When your ego gets tired, let the soul welcome him back. Don't beat yourself up. You've got to relax with it. So you made a mistake. Okay, now where do we go? Chant, meditate, realize. You know, move forward. But don't hang on to it. Don't uh, hold grudges and these sorts of things. They're, they're very detrimental. And they only slow down the inevitable process of self-realization, which is coming very quickly. So dump that. But be that soul and relax with it and be that magnanimous, great, omnipresent, I am om, all-pervading, I am om. This is why we do chants like this, is to remind ourselves we're the soul. We're great. And so our, we've developed some bad habits, and now we're going to drop those. Why? They're not fulfilling. They're not fun. They're not really giving us what we want. I had an incident some years ago. One of my brother disciples got uh, really mad at me and did some things that wasn't so good. And then he realized, no, oh, that wasn't so good. And so he came to me, and he apologized. And I said, let's, let's drop it. It's over. It's never happened. He said, good. Then... 
A couple of weeks later, Swami Kriyananda wrote me an email. We were talking about other things, but he put one line in there. Swami always gives me the teachings in one line. <laughs> and uh, he said, I feel that Mr. X's apology was sincere. And then he went on with the thing. Didn't say anything more. Implied in that is if we are sincere in our desire, everything else is erased. Everything. You don't go back to five years, ten years. I'm going to put all the therapists out of business, but I'm sorry. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you did. Yeah, you made a mistake. Okay, yeah, okay. Let's move forward. If we dwell on it, if we go back there, we're just going back to the foreign land and trying to straighten everything there. That has no place in our lives. We are children of God. We have to live in that. If, you're, if the apology is sincere and we accept it and we move on, we're done with that. We don't go backwards. We go forwards. One of my favorite quotes in all of Yogananda's life is Yogananda is talking to Dr. Lewis. He says, remember, doctor, uh, the heaven, <laughs> God loves you as much as he loves me. We are his common children. That applies to you and you and you, every one of us. God loves you as much as he loves Paramahansa Yogananda and the masters. Okay, we haven't performed as well, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we're not going to perform as well. We will in time. Yes, he's realized, but God loves Dr. Lewis. God loves all of us as much as he loves the masters. Keep that in mind, because another aspect to this story is the welcoming back into satsang, into sangha. I've had the experience for a while, Marie and I were the directors of Ananda Sacramento. And so if people left the Sangha and disappeared, they would come back to us. Like we would come back to Jyotish and Devi and said, you know, I want back in. And of course, Jyotish and Devi and Maria and I would say, well, good, 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 come back. I, but this one man came to me, came back. He'd been going about 10 years. Hadn't seen him, heard from him. Om, you know, this is okay. This is whatever. This is God's world. You don't, <laughs> you don't run it just because you're in charge of a sangha. But he came back to me and he said, I need to talk to you, Ananta. I said, okay, let's talk. He said, I just have to apologize for everything that happened when I left. I said, I, I don't remember anything that happened when you left. What are you talking about? He goes, well, I, you know, I did these things. I said, I didn't notice any of those things. I never, I never noticed it. I wasn't aware of it. I didn't, it didn't impact other people in the congregation. But for 10 years, he had built this little wall between his heavenly father and himself, between the guru and himself. But, and I'm not putting myself in Yogananda's positions, but you can imagine that Yogananda doesn't remember that. It, and I personally don't think he did anything wrong. I think he constructed in his mind a mistake. Whether it happened or not wasn't important, but for 10 years he built it and worshiped it and, you know, wrote the script out and improvised on it and made it bigger and a bigger production and big deal. It's no deal. It's no deal in the light because remember that Maya, the duality, is separation and it doesn't exist. In the last analysis, the home is in God. The fourth aspect I'd like to suggest is the king and the prodigal son. What if the king is your mind at the point between the eyebrows and the prodigal son are those thoughts when you're trying to meditate? 
They keep running away to this foreign land, God knows where. <laughs> Not important where they go. Bring them back. Use the hong saw. This is a wonderful technique, hong saw technique. Watch the breath. And what do you do when the mind wanders? You bring it back to the breath. It's pretty simple, but it's very, very effective. I am hong saw. I am spirit. I am he. I am spirit. You just bring it back. And it goes out in riotous living, the thoughts, and they go into imagination and fear and phobia and worry and uh, foreign lands, not important. Bring them home and remember that as quickly as you can bring them home, you don't even give a lot of attention to, oh, my mind was wandering. (laughs) Just go back to the mantra. Just go back to the home. And in that home is the wealth the robe and the ring, the fatted calf, uh, uh, (laughs) the fatted tofurkey or whatever it is (laughs) that that we eat these days, the the, uh, yellow delicious apple handpicked by chanting devotees, whatever it is. You get the point. The wealth of earth and universe belong to me, oh, belong to me. This is the reality. This is the wealth. And when we come home to that, we realize that we have all the wealth in the universe, all the fulfillment. I feel sorry for people in the world because they think that somehow if they attain the big job, the big contract, this wife, that husband, this position, this elected position, whatever it is, that there's gonna be happiness there. And the happiness is where? It's, it's there, but the happiness is here. It's right here in your own heart. Self-realization is the knowing in body, mind, and soul that you are now in possession of the kingdom of God. That's home. That's where we are. And the wealth is, as Master said, enjoyable beyond imagination of expectancy. You can't believe the fulfillment that the spiritual life gives you when you're in a worldly life. And as disciples, we know that the fulfillment that we have is only part of what master has and that we ought to keep going on this path and attain self-realization and have the wealth and fulfillment of earth and universe so that we can share it with our brothers and sisters. That's home. That's where we belong. Let's go there. Let's stay there. God bless you.